You control the guy or the woman who runs the run, run brings out the carts on, 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 on a forklift. It's time for the Buff Show. One hundred year. Look, here's the lives. It's just. It's. A, I mean, you think about it. And no idea what you said, Joe, but we understand the Buff Show. Deeply held by uh, by a president. Stop moving that that that, that, that uh, you know. Call. That's a teleprompter, Joe. We'll take it from here. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. And here's your host, Matt Buff. Welcome to the Matt Buff Show, AM 950, 94.9 FM. The answer, Orlando, on this wacky Wednesday. Check us out on the Patriot Podcast Network on Roku TV, AM 950, 94.9 FM, The Answer Orlando. Also streaming on Rumble, do a search for Matt Buff and all your favorite podcasting sites, including Spotify and Pandora, even iTunes and stuff like that. Anywhere you like to find it, that's where you can find the show. Very cool stuff. First week of every month, we go to Alex Ferrer from Veritas Tactical, an awesome sponsor of the show. Alex, great to have you back. And it seems like every time we book an interview, here comes the left with more gun control, and here comes another big shooting at the same time. Yeah, Matt, thanks for having me back. It's always a pleasure. Uh, it just seems that is the trend. Uh, every time, uh, whether I'm on or or anything comes on gun related, it just seems like every week is something. But you're right; it seems that when gun control is mentioned in the media, there seems to be an, either a shooting right prior or right after it, or uh, several you know strings of shootings. And it, uh, you know, kind of interesting and kind of a peculiar thing that it happens. Is there a switch? Is there something out there that these people wait for? Is it a cue? I mean, it's a rabbit hole we can go into, and it's just something that it's it's actually mind-boggling. It really is mind-boggling because of the coincidence factor just in itself. Yep. It's unreal. And the first thing they do in New York is say, uh, not investigating for terrorism. You know, you need to investigate. You don't just close the book on something when there's an active investigation. You just can't do that. You have to let the facts go where they may. And it's unfortunate everybody down there is wearing a mask. That probably is a problem with identifying a suspect. Yeah, they probably have a really good mind reader or, uh, you know, uh, fortune teller that can tell them, you know, what it is and what it isn't. Uh, Last time I checked, investigations take time and you leave nothing out. You rule nothing out until you got all the facts. Yeah, that's exactly I said facts. That's the bad thing. Facts. <laughs> that's right. And facts don't care about your feelings. Right, right. So don't try to appease you know, the Muslims start freaking out when they see this. They're like, oh, no, here they come. That's what the Democrats think. No, we just want to know who did it and why they did it and get to the root problem and not blame the firearm or whatever was used because we're not blaming knives and hammers every time there's a domestic involvement with yeah. knives and hammers. Oh, so we, we had the... Uh... We have a hatred for guns. The Sacramento shooting, you know, immediately after the Sacramento shooting last week, uh, it was all, or the week after, before, it was all about gun control. And, of course, led to what went on yesterday with the president. Well, good segue, because we're going to play a couple weird, strange clips. Every time this guy talks, he makes us less less safe, because he can't put a coherent sentence together. And, And Kamala Harris and all that, they all freak out when he goes off script. You know, like when Trump goes off script, it's a cool thing. It's a good right, thing. We, right. get good, we get good information. But check this out. We're the only outfit in the country that is immune. Imagine had the tobacco industry been immune 
to prostitu- being sued. Immune to prostitution. What's yeah. really going on in his mind? What is he thinking about? Yeah. And by the way, the CDC is re- immune. Hospitals are immune. Anything COVID-related is immune, even though people are dying left and right, and they're immune from finding out why. So he's lying about the immunity when it comes to big firearms. So he's if the firearm lying. manufacturers are being uh, are are not liable, then why does our liability insurance go up every year? Why is it harder to get liability insurance for a firearms manufacturer every year to the tunes of going up, you know, ten thousand dollars a year from what you had the year prior? So. I don't understand where he's got that from or those statistics, but it is not true. I can tell you that from being a firearms manufacturer that we're not immune. Number one, number two, our insurance goes up every single year and it's going up pretty, pretty drastically. Yeah. You're far from immune (laughs) as a a shop owner here in central Florida. I mean, it's just unreal how they use everything in their kit to go after people like you, the gun owners and everything they do. Every kind of legislation that they put out there, number one, it's against the Second Amendment. And number two, it only affects legal gun owners. Legal firearm owners are the only ones ever affected by all these rules they put out there. They're the only ones. Absolutely. They they they, they like to lie. No one questions them on it. No one checks them on it. But several things he said yesterday, along with uh, the attorney general or the deputy attorney general, are just flat out lies. Uh, they're giving the misinformation. And a lot of voters, unfortunately, don't, you know, they just take it for face value. But a lot of things they said are, are, are just flat out lies from the numbers of, you know, supposed ghost guns that are are recovered uh, to what the DOJ is supposedly doing to new incentives that he wants to put out there that will change and make it uh, a safer community. That's all hogwash. California, California, which is one of the strictest gun control states in the country. And back in 2016, passed a unserialized uh, weapon uh, law. And it was basically said that if you had an unserialized homemade weapon, you had to serialize it. And two, you could not be in possession of a unserialized weapon. This is in 2016. Has it uh, helped or curbed crime? No. They're even admitted that you know, the law has done nothing to curb the crime. We know what the real problem is. We know what the issue is with crime going up. They don't want to see that. They don't want to attack the uh, state attorneys and district attorneys that are letting these criminals out over and over and over again. The Sacramento shooting, again, a perfect example. That guy did half of his time that he's supposed to be in prison, in prison for several felonies. And of course, he goes out and commits a, uh, a shooting, a shooting of, you know, gang members. Uh, it's a rivalry that they had. It wasn't a mass shooting, but it is by definition, according to them, which is a great talking point for the media. And it leads to what? gun control uh talks about they want to do this they want to do that and again back and going through the whole thing of gun control it's about control not about the guns so it, it the whole thing with the, the uh the ghost guns again they are finding them in larger numbers because the criminal doesn't want to get caught so he does things obviously not by the law because he can't pass a background check we have certain things in place for someone to buy a firearm it's been like that for decades but now, all of a sudden, you know, because these numbers are showing up and these criminals are let out and they find an easier way to do it. But even so, these kits are available. They're, they're sold by they're sold in the millions. 
and people buy them because there's a lot of enthusiasts. There's a lot of people who like to build their own. Not as easy as you, as you think, as he makes it sound with a drill and boom, you've got a gun. There's a lot that goes into it. And again, the term ghost gun is something that they've given it as a talking point and as to make people scared that, hey, these guns just magically appear, disappear. It's an unserialized part and de defined by the ATF that it's 80% complete is not a firearm. And that's why they're unserialized. Again, it was approved by them. But now, again, it's a talking point. They come up, they show up like everything else. But we don't talk about all the other issues and all the other weapons that are used in murders uh, across the country. But the guns are always the easiest one to attack. Yeah, and it riles up their base. They also created the, world, the word assault weapon. There's no such right. thing as an assault weapon. No such thing as a ghost gun. Um, they try to find statistics where somebody put together a gun and went out and shot somebody and said, hey, see, that's a ghost gun, but it doesn't matter. It's the person behind it. Did you let him off the hook too easy for a previous crime? Are right. you just being too lenient on criminals? Maybe that's the problem, not where, how, or why they got the weapon. It's just because you're being too easy on them. The solutions to curb uh, crime are there. They don't want to do them. They're harsh realities and they're harsh truths and they're harsh solutions. They don't want to do those because it'll attack the what they've been you know fighting for, which is uh, all this uh, you know letting people off on you know certain crimes, uh, cutting down on the jail time, prison times. That's part of their base, part of their voting uh, base. So they don't want to get into that. That's exactly what needs to happen. But all these again, all these laws they want to pass, all these laws they talk about will not curb crime except it'll only hurt the law-abiding citizen right the guy who's trying to get a part for example all of a sudden won't be able to get a part now and he's an enthusiast right and he's not a criminal but it's going to affect him the criminal finds a way the enthusiast the enthusiast gets punished yeah and, and mind you we're still at the infancy of this we don't know exactly uh, what they're going to write or how they're going to write it or interpret it. Uh, they're just talking about the receivers at the moment. If they're split receivers uh, for an AR-15 style or uh, a Glock style, 80%. So how they go down and define what's a firearm. Again, you got DOJ, uh, you know, ATF and DOJ uh, changing laws, making laws, making rules and regulations when all they are is a regulatory agency, right? Laws are supposed to be made by, Congress. Congress. That's the way the Constitution says. Yeah. But uh, they take it over and over upon themselves to do stuff like this and change it. Of course, this is going to be tied up in litigation for a while, just like everything else does. Um, but for his base, it makes it sound like he's doing something. Just like the Attorney General or Deputy Attorney General said yesterday that DOJ does everything possible to keep America safe. They do everything in their hands to, you know, this is not true. I, I can tell you from personal knowledge that a lot of federal cases that are presented to the federal prosecutors either one don't get taken or once they get taken they get dropped okay and these are these federal cases so if you really were into curbing crime or this gun violence that you're calling is a major major issue then you would go after these people federally and go after them and and, and catch them for whatever it is they're doing that meets the federal statute but what people don't understand that the government can tell you all they want about federal statutes, it has to meet certain criteria. So it falls back on your local and state, uh, you know, police departments or sheriff's departments or whatever, maybe just as handling the cases. So it goes back to the, to the standard uh, court as opposed to the federal court. 
And for a federal uh, U.S. attorney to take a case, you pretty much have to have an open and shut case without any questions whatsoever. And even then they'll look at it twice. So again, from that point, it's just great talking points. That's all it is. And I don't care if he calls it AFT or ATF. He has no (laughs) idea what's going on. But what these guys do in this regime, they write a bill like for mass mandates, for example, they put it out there and then it gets shot down months later, but they want their, they want their base to be happy and they want it to be, to be something that they can get away with at least for a little while because they're just obsessed with guns. Alex Fair, thank you so much for joining us on the show. You're a great sponsor. Tell everybody where they can find you. Hey, don't forget, you can reach us at VeritasTactical.com. Uh, you can reach us on Facebook or on Instagram, Veritas underscore tactical. You can reach us at 407-309-3000. That's 407-309-3000. Just like you hear on the wonderful ad that we have for the Buff Show. <laughs> it's awesome. Alex, always great insight. You you take it easy out there. Uh, and uh, Let's try to get the government off our back. All yeah, right? yeah. Well, good luck with that one. Yeah, exactly. We'll be right back on The Buff Show. You stay with us. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy hours every day of the week and all day Sunday. $1 off drafts and house wines. $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events. Tonight, live music. Tomorrow, it's Taco Tuesday on Thursdays. Live music and specials all night on tacos, tequila, and margaritas. Liam Fitzpatrick's does catering and has a private room for your meetings, luncheons, and parties. Mention The Buff Show and get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. LiamFitzpatrick's.com Hey, you may have heard radio show hosts talking trash on solar. Yes, even conservative talk show hosts. There was a silly comparison to trucks running 10,000 miles, carbon emissions, and panel production. It came off as like a liberal argument against a liberal problem. Shallow knowledge as opposed to experts in the field. Politics, global warming, and other environmental concerns aside, the number one reason to buy solar is simple math. Have you looked at your power bill? It has risen in the last five years. How much more will it go up in the next five years? It's a rigged game and all solar energy empowers you to stop playing a rigged game. A solar electric system freezes your costs and shields you from upcoming rate increases. If you choose to finance a solar electric system, the payment on a system that zeroes out your bill is typically less than your current power bill. This is simple math. Call All Solar Energy in Longwood tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or online at www.allsolarenergy.com. More information on this later in the show. Welcome back to the Buff Show. Great to have you rolling along with us. We have a a lot to cover all the time with all this crazy news going on. And we have an expert in the field of what's going on with Asian Americans. The left has it out for them for some reason. They try to make it like uh, conservatives are hating on Asian Americans when they're actually doing it themselves behind the scenes. It's kind of weird and kind of strange. 
Let's go to Kenny Shu on the Buff Show. He is co-author of the new book, An Inconvenient Minority, The Attack on Asian, Asian American Excellence and the Fight for Meritocracy. He's the president of Colorist United, which advocates for a colorblind society. Kenny, great to have you back on the show. Thank you for having me. Well, since you were on last time about six months ago, there's been some movement. The left has taken down the commercials of uh, Trump supporters attacking Asians because I guess they couldn't find any. Yeah, I know. You know, this is a uh, look. Anti-Asian crime is a very is a complex issue. But let me break it down for you. In 2018, 28 percent of the perpetrators against Asians were black. Twenty five percent were white. The rest were other races. So it's clearly not you know, this is not just a white supremacist crime against Asian Americans. Are Is there some white supremacy against Asians? Maybe. But the evidence is much stronger that predominantly violence against Asian Americans happens in inner cities um, and uh, among, you know, where there is racism, not just by whites, but by blacks and, you know, Hispanics and other Asians, too. But Asian on Asian crime is not something prevalent like there that is in the black community. Well, just for statistics, Asian Americans are the least likely community to commit crime in terms of the average Asian American. Um, yeah, and uh, that, that generally happens. Last time you were on, we talked about the colleges, and uh, we see that happening more and more in California, where Asian students are being uh, vilified in colleges. Right. This is a sort of upper-class violence against Asians in the sense that they are using this uh, race narrative, this systemic racism narrative that they've capitalized on so effectively in the United States to actually discriminate against Asians. Uh, so now they're saying, okay, well, we need to get rid of people from the privileged class and we need to admit people from the oppressed class, which in this case means blacks and Hispanics. But Asians, even though they have faced historical discrimination and are a minority, don't get that same treatment. They have to be excluded for the sake of these other people just because. Why? Because they study too much and they work too hard and otherwise they would make up too high of a percentage of these universities. It's just unreal. It's the dumbing down of society, Kenny. It's just making our society just really stupid. We got the transgender and gender stuff going on too, but the people forget about the educational part that is trying to get rid of D's and F's for some and then hurting other kids who are smart. And now they're getting rid of the standardized tests of admissions. My alma mater, Davidson College, just got rid of the SAT and admissions. Um, that means that there is no longer any objective criteria by which a person is admitted to a college now. Literally, it's just based on whatever the preferences of the college admission officer is, because there's no accountability for the college. And you know what the, what the pressure, the political pressure that's being placed on diversity, equity, and inclusion now, all this is going to result in is even more anti-Asian discrimination, but ultimately it's going to result in the decline of excellence at these colleges and universities as people admit each other based on politics and based on race instead of based on merit. Unreal. And then you, and that's just, that's just, they're going to hit quotas, internal quotas for race instead and they're going to wonder why the college uh, output's going to be very poor. And that really hurts the future job growth, too. Absolutely. I mean, this is the focus of my book, An Inconvenient Minority, right? Because people say, okay, well, this is just about a few spots at Harvard. 
um, which is the lawsuit that's being uh, that Harvard is facing by a group of Asian Americans. No, it's not. This is about the future of what we of the ideals of our country. Do we want a society that prioritizes excellence, that prioritizes merit, or do we want a society that prioritizes your background? And that that's the focus of the book because this stuff is trickling now into into corporate America with all of these DEI departments saying we need to admit based on race, we need to hire based on equity, we need to fire Asians, and we need to fire white people, even though they're top performers. I mean, look at what American Express is doing right now. Uh, they have a bonus attached to hiring where you, if you hire on the basis for, of race, you can get up to 15% in equity or at 15% uh, extra compensation just because you decide to hire more black people instead of white people. What does that have to do with the company's performance? It doesn't. No, not at all. I want to talk about this because you put out this article, American Express Diversity Policies are Un-American, a new meaning for the black card. We'll put this article on thebuffshow.com. Just do a search for Kenny and you'll see it right there. Um, when you talk about these uh, these practices by this credit card company, when they released this 2021 inaugural diversity, equity, and inclusion report, which is it's basically inspiring racial hatred here in 2022, they have a the $1 billion action plan. And then it just, it's just this money that wants to provide capital and education to 250,000 black owned businesses and create marketing initiatives. It's giving people money just based on the color of their skin. It's a program just based on color of their skin. And it's just a racist policy, completely racist policy. Yeah, look, and what people should know is it's not like, oh, we're being virtuous and we're adding additional money. No, we're just diverting. We're All we're doing is the, the amount of money that we were going to donate to charity, we're now going to donate exclusively to Black-owned charity and exclusively to Black-owned businesses. And that's that's really, really harmful uh, because what it does is it incentivizes the tokenization of blacks, because basically it's saying if your CEO is black, you get to be a black owned business. But your company could be 99 percent white if it had one white person, one black person at the top and suddenly a black owned business. Um, so all this is going to do is incentivize more racism, more tokenization, more stereotyping. And it, of course, doesn't help anybody in any of these communities. Well, it's going to create more loopholes, too. Um, you and I have talked before, and you put it in the article about how people put na uh, Native American or Latino on their uh, college admissions to get points for victimhood. Oh, yeah. They're going to do the same thing with this credit card money. Um, one in third, you know, white students lied about it on the admissions. How many people are going to do about this uh, bonus when it comes down for uh, just being a color? Maybe people just lie about it and get the money and start their business. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like if you're uh, if once people get wind of this game, right? You're gonna have a, you're gonna start to have a lot of white people putting down that they're Latino, you know. Unfortunately, Asians like me, we can't do that because we look so visibly Asian, you know. And so that's that's what it does. So what what's gonna happen is that it's gonna create a culture of racial profiling. I mean, imagine that. We want to go back to a racial profiling society. That does not sound like a good America to me. That's for sure. Well, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. I know. Right. Because <laughs> and honestly, I would, if you're I you brought that up. Show and you're applying for American Express, like, yeah, I would encourage you to put Latino, of course. I would I would coach you to put Native American for all you speak. If Elizabeth Warren could do it, you can do it. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> you know, the, maybe we need a little more plans, disruption. <laughs> all these plans. That's right, Kenny. All these plans are based on uh, racial profiling. We have Obama. to racial profile now to, to fulfill the duties of the Obama or the Obama. <laughs> He's still in charge, but the Biden regime to fill those <laughs> duties. We have to racial profile. That's how the Supreme Court justice got in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to. Exactly. Exactly. So do your part, disrupt the system and identify as Native American, please. And transgender. Um, <laughs> oh, you, if you put Native American and transgender, you're going to get a new car, not just a business loan. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be eligible to get a black card just for just for that <laughs> we do encourage everybody to apply and do that and see how we're i mean do they have a like you said with the racial profiling is there going to be an officer from uh american express that comes to your door and double checks okay just stopping by <laughs> yeah 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 you know we're just we're just stopping by to make sure you're really transgender yeah <laughs> imagine how imagine the multiple ways that could go <laughs> yeah, because you're not supposed to really question it. You know what I mean? You're not supposed to question it. <laughs> right. How dare you? How dare you? Ins- it, how dare you question my self-professed identity? Right. Um, but look, if you're but in all seriousness, though, if you're actually opposed to these policies, which I guarantee you the majority of Americans are, uh, go to unamericanexpress.com because these policies are so un-American that they make this credit card company <laughs> not worthy of its name. So if you go to unamericanexpress.com, you can see Colorist United's petition to Un-American Express. Actually, Colorist United's petition to treasurers who are invested in American Express, encouraging them to divest from Un-American Express. So go to unamericanexpress.com and make your voice known. I like the photo you guys have on the banner. It shows all the white peoples and Asian peoples. They're they're xed out, but you got the uh, the Sikh and the black guy and the black woman and a woman. <laughs> they're fine. Yeah, yeah, there's a woman in a question mark because uh, you know are they privileged or are they oppressed? You know, white women these days. That's if you right. We're to not some sure of these about- Black Lives Matter people. They would consider all of them Karens. <laughs> yeah, we're not sure about her status yet. That's right. Yeah, we're not sure, you know. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's just unbelievable when people check this out, like these TV commercials, Kenny, right? I mean, that that really helps when there's a commercial with a black family in it. That really helps racial politics in this country. The commercial doing a little bit of uh, virtue signaling. Yeah, you know, look, I mean, I believe in genuine, if you want to have a black couple in there, if you want to have a white couple, if you want to have somebody totally fine, you know, what you shouldn't do is you shouldn't say, okay, you're less meritorious, but you're black. So I'm going to admit you based solely based on your race, because all you're doing now, just like I saw the Harvard admissions case, the college admissions case, you're just incentivizing victimhood. You're just incentivizing people to to make the victimhood narrative of themselves so great to get them all of these extra points. That's not where we want to go as a culture. No, it's not. We don't, we don't want to go there and we are going there with these leftists that are crazy, but we need to stop at a start. It starts in 2022. We just got to get the American first America policies back in there, the constitutional policy uh, policies back in there. And Kenny, we have to be stop all this racism. That's what it is. It's just blatant racism. And, to try to appease a minority. That's what they're trying to do. It's completely blatant racism. It's race-based policies. We need to go back to a race-blind society, and you can make your voice known at unamericanexpress.com. Yep, everybody check it out. We'll post the links. Kenny Shoot, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you. All right, sounds good. We'll be back on The Buff Show. You guys stay with us. 
Action Plus Pressure Cleaning is the official pressure washing company of The Buff Show. While Matt's doing the dirty work on the show, Action Plus Pressure Washing has been doing the dirty work for the last 15 years in Central Florida. They use a soft wash system to clean pool enclosures, driveways, pool decks, houses, and commercial property. They even clean large and small parking lots and buildings. Wow! Action Plus offers other services such as lawn maintenance, one-time service to weekly service, mowing, weeding, edging, and trimming, and hauling away debris. You can get more than one service, and they offer bundle pricing. Check out their weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly services for lawn maintenance and ask about their free standard two-driveway with house wash services. Family-owned and operated, get your free estimate at actionplusprussurecleaning.com or call 386-506-1048. That's 386-506-1048. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning. They aim to please. Since 2012, Cellular Tronics has been providing Central Florida with the best phone repair, electronics repair, and computer repair. They fix all electronics from iPhone, Samsung, Sony, and many more. They also do TV repair and fix your tablets. Right now, you can get a glass back cover for the iPhone 8 to an iPhone X for only $95. iPhone 11 and up back covers are only $120. With one super convenient location, 31 South Charles Richard Beale Boulevard in DeBerry. Or call them at 386-516-6185. Visit Cellulartronics.com. Cellulartronics. Since 2012, Cellulartronics. Did you know that some states require teaching that Francis Bacon and Emily Dickinson were gay? And now, New Jersey, Illinois, Colorado, California, Washington, and the District of Columbia have ordered that schools teach sexual orientation and gender in numerous classes. An upset New Jersey mother recently told the media, when you teach about George Washington, you don't teach that George Washington had sex with his wife. We teach what George Washington did as a president. In Rockland County, California, a kindergarten teacher read a book called I Am Jazz to her students, an autobiographical picture book about a transgender child. One line in the book reads, I have a girl brain, but a boy body. A parent reported to CBS News that after hearing the book, her child came home crying, confused and afraid that they could turn into the opposite sex without knowing it. Many parents, including some with kids who identify as transgender, don't want schools deciding what and when their children are taught about sexuality. But those that are speaking out against this new curriculum are being called bigots, by LGBT activists. What these activists aren't teaching students and parents are the facts about the irreversible path of gender transition. Jazz Jennings, the author of I Am Jazz, started taking puberty blockers at age 11. Eventually, he took cross-sex hormones and underwent a painful gender confirmation surgery due to complications. Students won't be told that hormones can lead to impaired cognitive ability greater risk of cancer and sterility. And 80 to 95% of gender dysphoric children who go through puberty eventually become comfortable with their natural bodies. Parents in 10 other states have succeeded in putting limits on this curriculum. But the Equality Act proposed by liberals in Congress would erase those protections. Children are loved, nurtured, and raised by their parents, not the state. Congress should not be misled. Treating students and their parents with dignity and respect means allowing them to learn and live according to their own beliefs about sexual matters. Codifying LGBT ideology into a civil right 
would take away fundamental freedoms from those who don't conform. That's not equality. It's injustice. Welcome back to The Buff Show, AM 950, 94.9 FM, The Answer, Orlando. It's Moms for Liberty Wednesday, and Brittany Bolden has joined us from Union County, North Carolina. She's the chapter chair. Brittany, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's great to have you. That that piece from uh, the Heritage Foundation, I had to play before this because I've seen you in front of the school boards. I've seen you out and talking about stuff just like this. Mm -hmm. People need to be informed and need to know what's going on, that the state is harming children. Groups like Moms for Liberty are trying to protect parental rights and protect children. So it's great to have you. Well, thank you. So talk about your journey and how you got started with Moms for Liberty. (laughs) So my journey was interesting. I I actually felt very differently about everything (laughs) at the first of 2020. Um, my wake up happened uh, early, right, right around May, June of 2020, when I was seeing things with my own eyes, but I was being told that it was something different. And I was like, wait, hold on. Um, so I started to research. And then I, I mean, gosh, talk about rabbit holes. I mean, once you start researching, I was like, holy cow, so much of what I thought was true was not. Um And then it just became this thing inside of me where uh, truth is what mattered, period. (laughs) And so I started speaking truth on Facebook because my thought process was people just don't know. If I can just show them the truth, then people will see it and we can make some progress and we can stop some of the craziness that's going on. And that's not at all what happened. (laughs) I shared truth and I lost friends. (laughs) And the more truth I shared, the more friends I lost. Um, I'm someone who's always been a people pleaser. I was raised to be a people pleaser almost. And I mean, that was like a baptism, almost like a (laughs) trial by fire. I just, um, I got really comfortable in conflict and really comfortable in saying hard things um, and not backing down when I knew what the truth was. And they say to you, don't believe your lying eyes. That's what the left says to you. Yes. There's people in the school board, the, the school board union for this country. There's people in the department of justice that see you as an enemy Mm -hmm. of the state. They see you as a domestic terrorist. They see me that way too because I talk to you. Yeah. And I talk to everybody that talks well, about this stuff. And they look at us as enemies, Brittany. They do. And you know, my husband actually, when the DOJ thing happened and they did say that we were domestic terrorists and all that, my husband looked at me and he said, uh, we need to, we need to talk about this. <laughs> like this is a serious deal. And again, I mean, I just kind of was left with what would you have me do? Like what, 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 what would you have us do? Like we can't, it, it's truly a time in history where the line is drawn (laughs) and it's either you fight for truth or we lose it all. That's it. And if we just sit back and take it, it'll get worse and worse and worse. Yes. Just like that ruling that came down in New Jersey that talked about mandatory gender studies for young kids. It was a pushback against the parental rights bill in Florida and other places like that, 
What have you seen in North Carolina? Are you are you on the New Jersey side or are you on the Florida side? Where are they going with this? So I'm not sure. Well, we definitely have our New Jersey um, people, not necessarily people from New Jersey, although we do have those, but people who would think more like New Jersey is thinking. Um, and we do have our Florida. Union County in particular is a very Florida-esque county. Um, so I know that within this county, it's like, yeah, we're not we're not going to let that happen. Um, if you go towards Raleigh and Wake County, you're going to get a lot more people that are open to it. I mean, it's just insanity. I, I was telling actually a friend of mine the other day that I, we used to live in Maryland and I had a neighbor that was, they were, they were a couple next, uh, kind of down the street from us. They were a lesbian couple and her uh, daughter was transitioning. And I was talking to her and she said, she said, yes, you know, this was really hard for me. And I was like, wait, what? And she laughed because of my reaction. And she said, well, I mean, it's still, I, ha I still have to grieve the loss of a daughter. And I thought that was really interesting that, even because I just assumed that she would be like, yeah, let's go, you know. Um, and then she went on to say that she wanted to get the surgery, but she was not going to let her do the surgery until she was out of high school and she had to pay for it for herself. And I looked at her and my I think my jaw was on the ground again because I assumed her response would be something different. And she said, this is a big decision. Like this is a you can't you can't reverse it this could cause massive damage and she needs to understand the full picture of what this is. And I don't think she's capable of doing that in high school. So this is someone who is a lesbian person who is seeing it clearly too. So I don't think it's just those of us on the right. They are very much on the left. I've taught politics with them, but they still see it clearly that the human brain doesn't stop developing until age 26. My husband, when he was a kid, he wanted to be a shopping center. Like, <laughs> are we okay? You know, I mean, in this day and age, people would probably say, yeah, let's make him a shopping center. There's more liberals that are fighting for stuff like this yes. than there are gay people fighting for stuff like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's really crazy that just some are just driven by virtue of signaling. Mm -hmm. They're not gay. They're not transgender, but they're fighting for something they know nothing about. Well, that's the scary part for me as a mother, because my children, I have one in high school, one in middle, one in elementary. Okay. My high school and my middle children, my middle school child will both say that is the popular thing to do. It's popular. It's trendy. And that's scary. Because as that as that report from the Heritage Foundation, it said up to 80% people end up getting to the other side and they're okay with their body. So if we really do this like the liberals want to do this, then you're going to end up with really bad situations where you have so many kids that want to undo it. Because again, their brain does not develop until 26. We will not let them get alcohol until they're 21, right? They can't vote till they're 18. They can't drive till they're 16, but they can ask for a surgery that they can't reverse. That's why that video said 80 to 90% of them yeah. uh, just grow out of it, grow out of that phase that you say is a fad. I mean, that's a terrible fad when you talk about cutting off stuff and, and being... 
mutilated or taking these blockers that are just completely unnatural. It's almost that is a terrible fad because it would lead to mass suicides. Yes. And it is, and it is, it is almost the new peer pressure. Honestly, everyone's doing it. And um, if you care about kids, if you truly care about kids, then you cannot support something that could cause irreparable damage for a fad, the possibility of a fad. I mean, that's just, you would need to do your, I mean, the fact that people just want to jump on the, on the bandwagon and just decide it immediately is just absolutely, we've lost our ever loving minds. There's an article that came out today about this. Um, this fella named Karina Cohn said when he was 19, I had surgery for sex reassignment or what, what I, what is now called gender, gender affirmation surgery. Mm-hmm. He was obsessed with transitioning, but couldn't imagine. And now uh, at the age of 50, he has constant surgeries. Mm-hmm. There's constant medical problems and just constant trouble in his life. Mm-hmm. And this happens so many times. And it is a real mental problem mm-hmm. that we're not recognizing as a mental problem. We're just, we're celebrating the disease. It's weird. So I think it's, and honestly, I just we, we've been researching this to a degree, and I think that the massive push has something to do with there is such a desire, especially in the schools, to make it normal, right? To make this all normal, and especially for the kids. And you know, they use the um, they use what I think Ali Bestucky called it. Uh, what was it? Uh, it was moral um, moral blackmail. They use moral blackmail. If we don't do this for the kids, they'll die because they'll commit suicide, right? It's moral extortion. It's like, it's the worst case scenario. Either you do what we say or it's the worst case scenario. And um, it's just really, I think also, it's just really this push to make it normal. And the problem is, is it's not. It's not. And I know that's going to be scandalous to say whatever. It's not it's not normal because the the bodies just if you look at the functionality of the human body, it's not made to go that way. It's not made to procreate. I mean, even viruses change and morph to 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 survive. So human beings, every being wants to survive. Every organism wants to survive. Right. So that's procreation. Right. Okay, Mm -hmm. so. Our bodies are made to procreate, to survive. This goes against even just the basic physics of how things fit. It's, it, it just, it's not normal. It's not it's at all. Not, and here's the thing. I, I do want to, I do want to say, I feel bad for the kids. I really do. And I understand. I never want to say that I don't understand where the children and the families are coming from. I get it. Parents don't want their kid to come to school and feel like they're abnormal. I don't really want that either. I, 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 lo- I want all children to feel loved. But I don't think we have to get to a point where we're discussing sexuality and gender in a classroom, like we can make sure everyone feels loved without making my kid have to learn something before I'm ready for them to learn. Let's just stick with math. Let's stick with with uh, with reading. Let's I mean, we have reading levels that are just in the toilet, but yet we're trying to push gender ideology. Let's put first things first. And let's focus on school. This doesn't have to be about any of that. And every kid will feel loved. 
That's right. Brittany Bolden, stay with us for one last segment here. We got to keep going on this because those kids that do feel that confusion and problems, they need proper treatment and counseling. It is a disorder that most of them get through, get past. They just need the right direction. And that starts with the parents at home. We'll be right back on The Buff Show. Stay with us. Veritas Tactical, Tactical. a family and law enforcement owned company where you can get custom built ARs with purpose built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Sig Sauer, Smith & Wesson, and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your Liberty Safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses, and force-on-force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full-time gunsmith on site, Sarah Coding Services, Laser engraving and more mention the buff show and get a 25 dollar discount on courses you'll find veritas tactical at 207 north goldenrod road suite 200 in orlando contact veritas tactical 407 309 3000 An energy evaluation by a qualified professional to get the fully informed information is always recommended. If your home qualifies, solar is always a prudent financial move. All Solar Energy in Longwood has been educating homeowners, roofing companies, property management firms, and now radio hosts about solar for 22 years. We have experts to perform no cost, no obligation energy evaluations to see if your home qualifies and explain the simple math of solar. Call All Solar Energy tomorrow at 866-412-4218 or visit the website www.allsolarenergy.com. Let them know you heard about it from me, Matt Buff, on The Buff Show. Welcome back to The Buff Show, AM 950, 94.9 FM, The Answer Orlando. Also on the Patriot Podcast Network, on the Roku TV. Download it today and all your favorite podcasting platforms as well. We're back with Brittany Bolden, Moms for Liberty, Union County, North Carolina Chapter Chair. Um, Brittany, you also have a podcast as well that you're out there. Let's talk about that for a second. Well, so we were tired of the mainstream media. (laughs) And we were tired of them only talking to one side. We were tired of them when they did talk to us. They chose the clips and they sliced and diced it to where we looked opposite of what we really are. And we decided, and we're tired of the lies. So we decided to create a, you know, the big fight that's going on now. Everyone keeps saying, go go local, fight local, right? It all starts local in your county. So we kind of went with that and we created a local podcast that is about just the happenings around union county and happenings of things you know nationwide and globally if they affect union county but it's really focused on union county and it's called the state of union county (laughs) um and it's it's myself and another lady who had 20 years experience in uh, the news agency and we are just talking about issues. And the, one of the things that we noticed in this whole thing, when we go to our school board meetings, the police actually have us separated. The left is on one side and the right is on the other side. And we're separated by police tape, yeah, the yellow tape, right? Yeah. And um, 
it's really sad. You stand there and you look at each other and you're like, I don't want this. I, I, I think we probably have more in common than we think we do. Uh, but everything's so divisive right now. So I really like conversation. I like people. I like to have conversations with people. So we were talking and we just decided, let's start talking about these things. Because when you stand up at a school board meeting, you have three minutes. You can't really get into the nuance of things. And so this was a way to get into that nuance. Like I just said it a minute ago, I don't want children that come from LGBTQ households to feel abnormal. I don't want that. Um, just like like CRT, I, I do want to teach actual history. I absolutely want to include all the bad stuff. I just don't want someone telling my kid that because of the color of their skin, they're racist. And I don't want people telling people that have brown skin that they're not capable of anything. But you know where I stay awake at night? I stay awake at the children that come from biracial families. You're literally asking them to split themselves in two. Yeah. Which half pays the other half? Yeah. Right? I mean, it's just... it's. <laughs> It, it's a it's a recipe for mental problems later on in life. Like it, I, I truly believe. So we decided to start having conversations. And you know what is funny is a lot of people on the left actually have commented to us and sent us emails saying that they actually really like the podcast because they liked being able to hear that we're not the big bad boogeyman that everyone thinks we are. No, not at all. Where can they find it? Uh, it is on. We are on Podbean. And we just recently got on Spotify. Okay, very good. And it's just the state of Union County. So just a little pun on the state of the union. <laughs> so find Neil Young, The Buff Show, and Brittany Bolden on Spotify. Right. <laughs> That's well, how yeah. it works. I, I have a 10-year-old too. And you, you said you had high school, middle school, and elementary school. Yes. I got a freshman in college, a middle schooler who's in the last year of middle school, and okay. then a fifth grader, right? Last okay, year, yeah. fifth grade. So I'm right there with you. We're probably close to the same age. And my 10-year-old comes home and says, what's with all this white people are racist stuff one day? Mm -hmm. And because I teach them at home that the, the leftists in school are going to teach a bunch of crazy stuff, but just come to me if you have questions. So right. he goes, he said, it's like every month is Black History Month now, and all we're hearing about is how racist white people did this and racist white people did that. I said, that's called revisionist history. They're picking and choosing what makes certain groups look bad. It's blatantly racism. They're trying to make you feel bad for something you had nothing to do with. Yep. And he said, okay. <clears throat> but it's just terrible that in elementary school, we got to have these, these questions. We got to have these discussions. And I got my kids talking to me about gay this and gay that and trans this. Like you said, it's a fad. And and it's just people are emboldened to teach our kids. You're a creep if you want to teach a kid that's not yours about gender identities, by the way. That makes you a creep because that's not your kid. Mm -hmm. And it's just unreal the discussions I'm having as a young kid. Mm -hmm. When I was young, there were some kids that felt left out for one reason or the other, but you know, you man up and you move on. You get on with it and you work it out. Right. I mean, you know, so much gets taken care of on the, the schoolyard playground. I mean, and, and quite honestly, I was I was truly bullied in junior high. That was when it was junior high. But I was truly bullied. Like by today's standards, those kids might be in, in juvie, honestly. But guess what? I survived it. Yeah. And 
I learned from it and I'm way stronger because of going through that. Like everything, you know, there's going to be mean people in the world. We will never, since the beginning of time, there has been mean people in the world. Since the beginning of time, there has been um, poverty. Since the beginning of time, there's been evil. Are we ever going to completely be able to eliminate all of those things? No. Does that mean we shouldn't try? No, we absolutely should try to do our best to teach our kids to be nice, to try to help people in poverty. We should do all those things. But to have the the, the thought that we can now eliminate all of it is since it's been around since the beginning of time, like that's just insane. It truly is insane. Um, what I find interesting is I was really excited when my kids, my older kids were young and they were on the playground because I would see. So I grew up in Little Rock, Arkansas. My mom was actually a senior during the Central High Crisis um, when the Little Rock Nine were integrated into the Central High School and they had to get the, um, the military involved. And in, what's interesting is having having heard that story my whole life, having to been bust. I was actually a, majority, a minority in, in most of my schools. Um, and, and to see all the racial tension. I mean, we worked through a lot of this. I have a lot of friends from high school that have brown skin. Um, we, we worked through it all. And I had my kids and I would see them on the playground playing. And guess what? They were playing. It didn't matter. It did not matter who, what, who had what skin color any more than hair color or eye color. The only thing that mattered was that the kids wanted to do the same thing. They both enjoyed the swing or they both enjoyed the slide. Um, or they got mad because they wanted to be on the swing at the same time. Nothing had to do with color because the parents weren't doing that either. Right. The parents weren't teaching that. We were all happy that they were all playing. And that was my two older children. My youngest, when I realized that the shift was when my youngest, who was in kindergarten at the time, his favorite color was black. And he he said something about his favorite color being black And my middle schooler who was in fifth grade at the time said, you can't say that it's racist. <laughs> it's and, a I color. Was, and I was like, no, no, it's actually a color. It's fine. And that's when I was like, oh my gosh, all this, that all these people that have come before us have fought and given their lives to, it's all getting undone. Like by the hippies, by the yeah. hippies from the sixties. Yeah. yeah. It's all getting undone. It's just sad. It's just really, really sad. And it makes me angry for my kids. So I try to undo all as much I can. But, you know. Well, you do a good job. You do a good job of that. And we have to as parents. And it's so easy to not want to get involved. But you have to get involved on the show. I've been involved. We've been at the school board meetings. We've done broadcasts. We've done all of these things. We formed this partnership with Moms for Liberty because your message is so important. And. When it comes to uh, school, I was a minority in my high school mm -hmm. and middle school, and I, it wasn't an issue. I remember the media, when something happened, they would make mm -hmm. it a racial issue. Mm -hmm. And the kids at school were like, this isn't a racial issue. It's mm -hmm. not. Unfortunately, we have to leave it there. But Brittany Bolden, <laughs> it's been great talking to you on the show. Moms for Liberty, uh, Union County, North Carolina. She's a chapter chair. We're going to have to get back together and continue this conversation because I think we're getting to the root of the problem eventually. Yeah. Yes, agreed. <laughs> I would love to. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Brittany. Bye. Thank you guys for checking us out on the bus show. We'll see you next time. Thank you.